0: more. In the Old Testament, it's generally accepted that there are 600 servant didn't know the way and so the man said well if you want to know the way just look at the north star keep your eye on the north star and you follow that star you'll always be headed in the right direction so the man went to sleep but after a while his driver woke him up and said sir can you give me another star? I went past that one well friends society can no more go past God's commandments than we can go past the These are God's laws. They are laws from living. They are rules for reigning. They're our best life. And how we need to reiterate the commands of God in these last days. He said that a less than reputable businessman once bragged to writer Mark Twain: Before I die, I'm going to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I'm going to climb Mount Sinai. I'm going to read aloud the Ten Commandments. Mark Twain said, I have a better idea my friend. He said, why don't you stay in Boston and keep the Ten Commandments? I'm looking forward this morning to both reading and keeping the commands of God. But also, I want to point out the commands of Christ. These are amazing principles that will be for our life. So would you join me in prayer this Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for this amazing... Soul and your mind. And the second is likened to that, love your neighbor as yourself. And I would suggest that not only that is the law of Christ, but all of the commands, both old and new, for that matter. In John chapter 14, just hours before our Lord and Savior was to be crucified, he gave some final words to us. John 14, verse 15 If you love me, keep My commandments, keep my commandments. There are commandments that Christ has given us. Now the truth is, all the commandments in the Bible that they were Christ's commandments, because Jesus is God. He is part of the Trinity. Yet various New Testament scriptures tell us that Jesus came to fulfill all the law. He obeyed the law. He did the law. In no way, shape, or form did Jesus end the law as some are mistaken. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets, for that matter. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. The Old Testament is foundational. The New Testament organizational. The Old Testament establishes and illustrates the New Testament clarifies and codifies. The Old Testament provides the history of a people Toxic people who try to mess things up and sabotage anything good. I mean, consider for a moment CNN, corrupt news network. It is so bad, the other day one man said to his Amazon device, Alexa, turn on CNN, I want to hear the news. Alexa said that, you'll have to do it. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, fight. Fight the good fight. Now, I don't know that that's saying we're supposed to get our uh, guns and start shooting. No, I'm not advocating that. It's a fight of faith, it says. You get your shield in one hand, you get your sword in the other, your Bible in the other hand, you put on your spiritual armor, and you duke it out with the devil. And so God tells us to fight. also says at times we're supposed to flee. The better part of God sometimes is just to get out of there. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11 But thou, O man of God, flee these things. There are some things to fight and there are some things to flee. Essentially that's what it means when God has endeavored to unite the people biblically and now he's going to do his best to solidify them socially. Romans chapter 16, verse 17 Now I beseech you, brethren. I beg you. That's the word beseech. I beg you. He is pleading with them as a spiritual father, as a brother in Christ, as a spiritual leader. He is begging them, please, I want you to do something for me. Mark them divisions. Mark them who are offending and are contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. Sadly there are those who have pride, ambition, or just some sort of corrupt thinking that's got into their brain, endeavor to weaken, to undermine, undercut the effectiveness of a ministry, of a church, of a pastor, and his message. They try to find fault, mischaracterize, exaggerate, misstate. Their goal somehow is to compromise, if not totally invalidate, the doctrine and direction that they have learned. And crazy, it's just crazy how it works. but invariably, they zero in on the newbies of the faith. Notice what it says. It says mark them. The Greek word is scopio might recognize a word there, and it's true. It's the same word. We get in English, get a word like, for example, microscope or telescope. It just means that God says somebody needs to put a telescope and uh, keep a piercing eye and a watchful eye for discerning danger out there in the world. Now here at the home church and my training academy, to have wonderful youth directors and John Ridge, along with Pastor Jeff Pastor Luke, teachers, workers, all of them constantly encouraging the young people to stick to the Word of God, don't compromise, avoid evil. These students share with us, myself included at times as taught by the office, that even though they're young, they are already being challenged in their faith it is amazing to me how the devil will challenge even these young adults. There are three things that I think that uh, they are so challenged with I want to share with you this morning. First of all, they are challenged by communication. The media, TV, movies, internet, social media. The fact that I is overwhelmingly staff say that over 90% of media is aligned. Against Christian values. In fact, anything the Bible tries something as traditional, Kaiser family family. Do to explain it simply. It's like we have to be a theologian or something. But we need to at least biblically give the basics. Romans chapter 10. I know I was a sinner. Jesus died for sinners. I put my faith in him. Do you know the basics of the gospel? And then, maybe the most important, can you share your own testimony clearly? Now, I was not on sky. It made me think of heaven. And that's why I'm here today. What? Who even knows what that means? But can you say I was convicted of my sin. I was out of here. I was there. Or I read this verse and I realized I was a sinner. I asked Christ in my heart. And so, God says you need to be the kind of person who guards the deposit of truth. Now how do you do that? Well, first of all, He says you have to avoid Profane things. Avoid profane things. What is the word profane? It means outside the threshold. The idea is that outside of the temple there was an area that wasn't holy. Outside of accepted boundaries, we might say. Basically, I guess what we're saying is all truth needs to be in house. When truth comes from here or there, the very because the gospel is so wonderful and it's in-house. Sometimes in-house things seem a little boring. Kind of like, uh, you know, just another meal of meat and potatoes. One of a dear lady who's been coming to our church recently, I was chatting with her, and she said, you know what I like about the home church? And I said, no, tell me. She said, the home church is a meat and potatoes church. And I just come there and I just get so much good solid stuff. I just go home so filled. And both we need to be careful about trendy belief systems. False concepts like the growing teachings of Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa has been developed uh, for whatever reason, but they have begun to do it as a replacement for celebrating Christmas. It's a belief system rooted in African paganism that emphasizes spirituality love of the mother of earth, but not in Jesus as the only Messiah. It's edgy, it's exciting, it's new, it's trendy, but is it harmless? Okay, anything that replaces Jesus Christ is not harmless, well, it's profane. It's outside the accepted boundaries. It's profane. God says avoid profane things. And he says avoid vain babblings. Interesting word made main Babylonians, the Greek word penophonia, pino meaningless, phonia, sound, as you might imagine. Basically stuff that sounds interesting, religious, even holy, but really is nothing more than just say, relationships and fellowship is a wonderful part of church life. Sharing and caring is great. But the fact of the matter is sharing and caring can go on at the waterhole tab in go back. It doesn't contain a church for that. They will, at the tab, never challenge you to grow wise. In fact, you can drown all your troubles away by sitting there hour after hour. Folks, churches are more than relationships. They are Supposed to be guardians of the deposit. That's why Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, you need to know how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of a living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The pillar and ground of the truth. In San Francisco, there is a sinking skyscraper, the millennial skyscraper, and it is definitely a reminder. Sad reminder of not facing your pillars, your ground on something that's mere garbage. The psalm says, Psalm 119, verse one sixty-one. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. The Bible we hold in our hands is the most sacred thing you will ever touch in this world. It is the ultimate sacred trust. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrine are holy, its precepts are binding, its history are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, and believe it to be saved, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword and the Christian's character. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, read it frequently, and read it prayerfully. Yes? Thank God for the Word of God. Seven things to avoid fault finding people, feds of Blair. and number three, fake science. Avoid science falsely so called. Now, he was learning higher education all too often the truths of God. Sadly, in this world today, especially in America, the more educated a person is, pretty much, the more they object, resist, even hostile to the things of Jesus Christ. Consider just a couple of weeks ago, the Smithsonian Institute. The Smithsonian Institute is the world's largest collection of museums for education, science, and higher learning supposedly people who would be the most understanding and accepting of knowledge. And then a few students come in with shirts and hats advocating the proven science. able to give facts and figures we are called to proclaim Christ. Keep your things, your mind on the things of God, just avoid it. Most of the time, we can just walk away from it. It'd be mean, like walking down the road, you see an alley, the sunshine lights on it, and you look down there the open, and say, oh man, that's nasty, alley. I'm you go down there? You don't have to go down the alley, pick up every gar- garbage can lid and look inside and make sure it's not, it's nasty stuff. do just Look down, it's bad, just walk away. God says, avoid it. Seven things to avoid. There are 800 commands of Christ in the New Testament. Here are seven of them. Seven things to avoid. Number five, foolish questions. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 9. Avoid foolish questions. Avoid it, stay clear. Peter, Titus, and now the Greek Paul said, don't get sucked into these foolish questions. Now, there are, of course, uh, needful questions that are foolish. Questions that are genuine questions that need to be asked and cleared up. We all need to grow in sanctification, and we we have questions we need to ask. But there are then foolish questions, controversies. measured to attack what's historically and typically affirmed. Faith religion thrives on controversial teaching and novel insights. You can count on the demonized people will cherry pick, challenging passages of scripture, and then we use different kinds of word semantics that would even confuse Bible scholars. I mean, some of the things they say is like, what do you say?" Let me give you a little tip that I do, because memory always doesn't work like I'd like it to even though I've studied the Bible for all these years I don't have an instant recall like a computer like some of you folks do i talk with you, you've got some great minds but here's what I do when someone asks me a question I don't know, especially when I sense that they're not really asking an honest question but they're more of a critic here's what I do I tell them you know I really don't know the answer to that right now, but I'll be happy to look into it. But then I go on the offensive, because that's the key. You turn it around, you take an action, and so and that gets them off their game. So uh, what I usually say is something like this: Have you ever heard of the most powerful prayer in the Bible? There's a man not long ago who uh I don't know how we got on the subject, but it was a kind of a talk the cuss subject, and uh, he then just lambasted all. say, just avoid it, stay away from it, just don't even mess with it, it's like a garbage can, you don't need to pick up the lid, you don't need to look into it, it stinks, you know it does. Striving is not the law, they're profitable, they're vain, they're empty. Now remember, when the Word says law, it's one of about seven to ten different things Sometimes it's talking about a, a law of nature. Sometimes it's talking about just a, a physical law, like gravity. There are many reasons uh, there are many definitions of the word law. So, and sometimes it's talking about fake laws, so the laws of the Jewish uh, religionists and others. So um, here, whatever this is meaning, strategies about the law, it could just mean about any kind of religious body and Awesome. It could be the actual, you know, Old Testament ceremonies or something. But You kind of pick whatever you want and what it's talking about. I think the, the idea is that there's no need to be arguing over that kind of stuff. Because there are people always who will take some verse, some concept, and that's like an arrow. And I mean, they just kill everybody. And maybe right, maybe not be right. But man, there's a difference between zeal, uncontrolled zeal, strivings about the law, and people who have meekness of wisdom. We want to see the big picture, don't we? We want God's kingdom to grow, don't we? We want God's kingdom to flourish. That means we see the big some little strivings that satisfy our own little concept is not the big picture often. We need to let that go and have deepness of wisdom if we believe something, then do it. And we pray that others will know it as well. I want to end with a quote from the late, wonderful Baptist pulpiteer, Dr. Adrian Rogers about the power of truth and believing truth and standing for the things of God it is better to stand alone with the truth than to be wrong with the multitude. It's better to ultimately succeed with the truth than to temporarily succeed with the lie. Our head of God, our eyes. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net From all of us here at the Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.